Welcome to the Between the Lines podcast. This week, we discuss the upcoming conference championships after a competitive week of division round playoffs. We're happy to be here with Let's Talk Sports to guest pick the games. After that, we're debating the MLB salary cap after the Yankees' insane trade to get Corey Kluber. And wrapping up, we're covering our final week of the Blasphemous Take series with Alex Take of the Week. So, after hard-fought games in the divisional round, expectations are high on how each team will perform. And we're going to figure out which teams we think will be in the Super Bowl. In the battle of the quarterbacks, do the Bucks have what it takes to beat out Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? I'll go to Ryan first. Quite honestly, I think the question can be reframed in, does Green Bay's defense have the power to stop Tom Brady? I think Tom Brady will get whatever calls Tom Brady wants. It's can Green Bay's defense play clean to make whatever calls Tom Brady tries to get seem blasphemous? And can Green Bay's defense play strong in the secondary so that wide receivers like Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, even Rob Gronkowski can't get, you know, 100-yard games, even 200-yard games? I think Jair Alexander, if he performs the way he did last game, I think that the Packers have this in the bag. I think their offense can blow out the Buccaneers' defense. It just is a matter of, can Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, and that secondary hold up the Buccaneers offense to less than, I'll say less than 25 points. If Bucs score more than 25, that game goes to the Bucs. If that game goes under, if they score under 25, Packers have it. Packers go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. I, um, you can go, Alec. All right. So um, really, I think that what it's going to come down to is, as you said, like, the Packers, the Packers defense, but the Packers were also the highest scoring team in the NFL in 2020. And they just put up 32 on the Rams. They gave up the least amount of points in 2020. So I think what we're going to be seeing is I think we're going to be seeing a shootout with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And uh, actually, I have the Packers like you, 33-27, because a, a five seed has never beaten a one seed in the NFL playoffs. So that's even more reassurance. I mean, no need to really point out the obvious there. It's it's going to be a shootout uh, just because the offense, both of the offenses are so dynamic. Um, the the Packers have a great running game and a great passing game. And I mean, the Bucks still have to pr- prove their running game a little bit, but I think Tom Brady can make anything happen really. So I think, I think it's going to be a great game, but I have, I have the Packers taking it because I, I just can't see a situation where uh, Aaron Rodgers is denied of, of a Super Bowl in um in his mvp season all right i said it last week i am a packers hater oh i will i said it last week i'm a packers hater um these teams faced off in the 2020 season and the bucks just had their way with the packers 38 to 10 but the packers offense has improved but i think the packers defense just can't keep up with this multifaceted bucks offense i have bucks 31 to 27 yeah, I think that game is kind of irrelevant because Devontae Adams wasn't fully healthy. He was coming back from injury, and I think we didn't get to see the Packers' offense at full form. Um, I think, like, if you don't get to see the NFL's best receiver at full form, it's really it's irrelevant to how the playoffs are going to shake out. So 
I got a I got a vouch from a for from my boy Jack here who can't be here with us right now, and uh like the the Packers are gonna have their way with the Bucks. Uh, it's, I, I I'm confident. Strong words coming from a Bears fan. Yeah, it's it's hard for me. Okay, it's it was hard for me, but like you just can't argue with the facts. You know, facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> All right, should we move on to Chiefs Bills? Michael, what do yeah. You have? Yeah. Um, so I have two different outcomes I was kind of thinking about. So obviously Mahomes kind of had that injury in the last, in the last game. Um, so I, I think with Mahomes, this, this is the best offense in the league and they're going to put up 33, 33 plus points and they're going to pass their way to victory. They have Kelsey Tyreek Hill. I mean, it's just, you can't stop the offense. I mean, it's just crazy. Now the bills, they're gonna they're gonna put up a steady steady stream of points and they're gonna they have solid defense. Um, I think I think since the Chiefs don't have a running game, that that'll benefit the the Bills because they they don't have that great of a, a pass pass rushers pass rushers. So I think with Mahomes, Chiefs take it 33-25, and without Mahomes, Bills take it 28-18 because Henny isn't winning winning a conference championship game. Yeah, I'm kind of under the the same school of thought. I think this game entirely depends on if Patrick Mahomes plays. However, I do still have a little bit of belief in Chad Henny, mostly because Andy Reid is just such a good coach. I don't think he's a good player. And also, I think it's pretty easy for almost anyone to light up the stat sheet with those wide receivers. So with Mahomes, I'm going Chiefs 34 to 24. Without Mahomes, I'm going Bills 27 to 21. The I don't think Mahomes obviously Mahomes is extremely valuable. I don't think Mahomes is need to win. You look at the Cleveland Browns defense, they're allowing about 358 yards per game. Buffalo Bills defense averaging about 352 and a half. Similar things in points per game totals too, about 26 to about 24 and a half. So they're very similar defenses in regard, except the uh the Browns have a better front seven, whereas the Bills are a better secondary. And I actually think that benefits Henny if he does play. And I remember I, I was listening to this earlier today. Uh, Rappaport said that Mahomes had a light practice today, so still looks like it's kind of in the air. I think that either way, the Chiefs take this game because the, the Browns actually had the power to rush to rush Henny and make him make rash decisions, even though – and he was still able to overcome that, whereas the Bills don't really have a great front seven presence. I mean, Ed Oliver is kind of their best player there, and even he's a little shaky. They, their defense comes in the form of the secondary, and they have a really strong secondary. But I think that either way, guys like Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill are going to blow them out of the water. So I don't think that it matters who's quarterback in the Chiefs, if it's, whether it's Chad Henney or Patrick Mahomes. I just think whether the Chiefs cover the line or not depends on whether Patrick Mahomes is playing. I think it's if Mahomes plays, they win by 10-plus. I think if Henney plays, they win by three. You know, I want to quote my favorite sports analyst, Josh Allen is Jesus. Okay, that's my favorite Jack LR quote, and it's gonna it's gonna continue. So, okay, look, people are forgetting that Patrick Mahomes also has that toe injury, and, along with that concussion. So he'll probably play. Of course, he's gonna play, but he's gonna be banged up. He's gonna be stuck in the pocket. I think for the most part, and I think that toe, like if you saw him run in that last game, he he was hobbling around, and I think I think this is gonna be a battle. But I just think that, you know, the Bills are the Bills have a great offense, and the Bill. I think this is going to be another shootout along with that. 
other conference game. And I think it's all going to ride on Patrick Mahomes' status. But I think either way, he's going to play, but he's going to be banged up. And I think the Bills for sure. I think I think if he plays, it doesn't matter. As long as he plays, they're going to win because just having Patrick Mahomes there, just having his arm is enough to kind of carry a team. Yeah, they they need to respect that. Um, And I think he was still somewhat affected when he was limited outside the pocket with that toe injury. And the Bills, as you said earlier, they don't have that good of a pass rush. So he, in theory, could just sit back in the pocket and throw the ball. He doesn't need to get outside the pocket. See, two things to know here also is that uh, the Chiefs running backs also, they're going to be a huge factor in this game. Uh, I didn't really list that in my earlier prediction, but I think that the Chiefs running backs are going to be crucial in whether they can win with Henny because with Henny there, that's a huge part of, I mean, Mahomes is just so versatile. If Henny's there, they're going to need those running backs like Le'Veon Bell, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, whose status is not looking great. So they're going to need that big step up. Uh, it's actually very similar to the Bucs where they kind of have like an uncertain run game at the moment. Um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. I think I was also going to say something about how the Bills do have a dynamic offense, but the Chiefs do have a somewhat of an answer for Stephon Diggs, which has been the main problem. And I think that Tyree Matthew double, double teaming on Diggs is something that they're going to look into. I think that's something that could end up stopping Diggs, which is unfortunate for them. I think another like big X factor in this game is the Bills linebackers. If they can cover Travis Kelsey, I mean, somewhat effectively, that's that's just a huge advantage for them because he's a such a big part of the Chiefs offense. But I mean, if they can't cover him, like pretty much every other team this season, I think like the Chiefs are gonna win. Yeah, I mean, I, go ahead for that because the Bills linebackers are not great, so they're gonna do. I think Tyreek Hill. They may be able to cover him, and they may be able to limit him to, you know, under 100 yards. But their linebackers are just really not – like, no team's linebackers are built to cover Travis Kelsey. But I don't think the Bills have anything special. They're not – they don't. their linebackers don't stand out. They're, I don't think they hold a chance at all. I think Kelsey goes for over 100 yards. And even if they try to guard him with a cornerback, then he's just going to sit there, and he's just going to go for 10 yards every single time and stiff arm the shit out of every single cornerback. Yeah, he's just going to body them. Yeah, so – Let's say, I mean, I think the Bills are going to pull off the upset, but what do you think the Bills have to do in order to pull off this upset? I can go first, but, you know, I just think it's really the key for the Bills is is going to be their, their I mean, defense, obviously, but I think their run defense could be important because, as Ryan said before, it's, like, going to come down to the running backs because Hilaire might be injured. This That status is pending, and – what else do you guys have as your keys for the game? I think the one of the keys is Josh Allen not turning the ball over because, I mean, this is a Chiefs team that has the ability to just take these long, long drives, passing the ball down the field. And I think like one or two turnovers, and that can just be the nail in the coffin. And I think that was something that hurt the Browns, that late Tyron Matthew interception pretty much helped seal the game. I agree. I mean, I think both teams – go on long long methodical drives where they take big chunks out of the clock and it's all it's like Liam like you said Liam it's first first team to make a turnover the other team is going to capitalize I mean both these teams don't make mistakes I think Josh Allen was 
perfect, no interceptions in the red zone, 42 attempts or something like that. But if if a turnover happens, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a game changer. I think that can whoever has the most turnovers is gonna lose the game. I think one thing to note here is that um, they did the two of these teams did play early in the season. I we talked about with that that with the other game in which the Chiefs came out victorious by nine points. Uh, I think the key to the game is Josh Allen and the Bills running back core finding a way to get over 150 yards. That sounds really, really tough, especially considering Josh Allen hasn't done as much running this year. But if you look at his uh, running st- as his rushing stats, when they did play Kansas City, he had his third highest total of the season. So I think it's not out of this world to consider, you know, he, him rush, Josh Allen alone rushing for 50, 60 yards. Uh, but guys like Devin Singletary, who kind of been slacking this season, need to pick it up because unfortunately, Stefan Dix is going to get du- double covered. That's the reality. And John Brown and Cole Beasley are not good enough to win the Bills again. Hey, put some respect on Cole Beasley's name, but I mean, yeah, I, well, what are you talking about, rapper. man? Don't sleep I, on my boy I Cole have, Beasley. Great, rapper, I have no not belief. A player. Yeah. Look, he's, dude, he's a solid loves, rapper. Put some my, respect on Cole Beasley's rap name. Cole Beasley is a better rapper than he is a slot receiver. All right, I don't. I just disagree with that completely. Right, he, um, he's just amazing. Different conversation. Right, we're we're, we're getting day. off topic here. We're getting off topic here. Look, but I mean, dude, I, I'll, I'll even edit in his rapping like right here. Say hello to Mr. Slept On. Early mornings, I ain't slept long. Big headed, so I'm headstrong. Had to be just to be headed to where I was going, like my head gone. They said I'm crazy, but I told them all that it's no biggie, but you're dead wrong. I'm the wrong one to be swept off up under the rug. It'll, it'll, it'll look great. Oh, my right. gosh, beautiful. Um, compl- um, I mean, I have no belief in the Bills running back. I mean, Bills running backs. I mean, they signed Devontae Freeman, like, probably last week. Zach Moss is hurt. TJ Yeldon is a bust. And then they have Devin Singletary, who's probably probably one of the slowest running backs in the leagues, and he's not that big. So I have no belief in them to be able to run the ball for over 100 yards. All right. Well, um, we want to thank Ryan and Let's Talk Sports for being on today. Um, check our Instagram for the summary of our scores and predictions before this weekend. And we're going to move on to our next segment. All right. Um, continuing with the topic of football, this week's round, this week rounds out the last week of our Blasphemous Take series. On this episode, Alec argues that the Dolphins are the best landing spot for Deshaun Watson. Alec, let's hear your argument. Look, this is objectively true. I Michael's going to come out here. He's going to say that's the Jets. That's not going to startle me. Like, I'll, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Watson has been quoted saying that he likes the culture that Brian Flores has in Miami. Um, what other te- and what other team can offer a growing, talented QB along with high picks? Pay they're going to be able to pay him. And who doesn't want to go to South Beach? Okay. This, there's right. no income tax. Okay, it's warm year round. Like I want to be in Florida, but I'm just I'm saying like they have a lot to give. They have a growing culture, a young culture, and they're going to be really good in the future. Okay, things, listen I, here. I don't know if you no, want to be in Florida. No. This listen here. Okay, so if you want to talk about culture, New York City slash New Jersey is the best place to be. Literally. Should be the capital of the United States, in my opinion. No, that's a, that's a, that's my frozen take. But I mean, 
the Jets have a new coach in Robert Sala. He's highly regarded by a defensive-minded coach. His, his listen, listen, his by his former team and by other players around the league, including Richard Sherman, including Richard Sherman, who also might come to the Jets. Different story. But Deshaun Watson has liked multiple tweets that have had him in a Jets uniform, and the Jets have more than enough draft capital, more than enough money to sign him. I think they have $80 million in cap space to, to sign. I mean, he can they can sign eight Deshaun Watson or trade for eight Deshaun Watsons. I mean, uh, they listen, so- listen, they have not, they have 18 total picks over the next two years. They have four first rounders. And they had the number two overall pick this year. I mean, I think that's for any franchise that's kind of doing a restart. That's, I mean, that's as as good as it can get. Right. If you want to restart, wouldn't okay. you want to draft someone with that number two pick? I think what happened to them wanting to, wanting to take a high quarterback in the draft. I feel like that's been the consensus. All right, first thing, I'm, I just want to speak about you talking about how he liked tweets, and then like. I mean, Jamal Adams liked tweets about going to the Cowboys. He didn't go to the Cowboys. He's also liked tweets about going to the 49ers. That doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, but also- right. But he but Jamal Adams just wanted out. He didn't like he made it obvious from day one that he Deshaun was done Watson with Adam. wants out. I mean Well, he- I mean he hasn't really he hasn't really like made it obvious. He hasn't really made it public. He's get, he's hinted, but he hasn't really he hasn't really I mean, said it like I want out. He hasn't said it out loud to like the media, but that is the clear sign inside the organization from literally everyone, Rappaport, Schefter. Yeah, the, the consensus is so clear that he wants out. He's, that organization is dysfunctional. He's said, multi, he's said closest, close, sources close to him have said that he wants out. And really, I, with the, thing, the thing is with this trade is he basically gets to control where he goes because he, he can basically veto. Like he, he has a lot of power in his contract with this trade. And – I just think that Miami is just so well equipped to have him in their organization. Can you, can you explain why they're well equipped? I I can, and I'll, I'll I'll repeat it. Okay, they have a young. Okay, the Houston Texans. They're going into probably more of a rebuild, right? They've been yes. mediocre for so long. Wouldn't they would want Tua, a growing, developing quarterback? They want to develop their talent, so Tua would be a good package. They have. Miami has a bunch of picks they can offer him. What what picks do they have? What would they, they offer? The, what could they possibly offer? They have the third pick this year. What possible? What, what could be a possible offer? Okay, they they, they got like sends. two first round picks in that Houston Texans trade, and they also have their original picks, which is probably around the fifteenth fifteenth selection. The they Texans have, the Texans are not settling for less than four first round picks. But the for Texans, Deshaun Watson. The problem is the Texans have to settle. Because they can't. They there's the Jets can them so much more. Deshaun Watson true. has the he has the power in this trade. It, Correct. He he's he's literally been in New York over the past week. He went to a Nets game. Nets or Knicks, I don't know, but he was in a press box in New York. He's there. What, he's okay. there right well, now. Well, one second, one second. You're saying that the Jets have more to offer. What yes. do the Jets have to offer? Picks. Just list them out. Just picks. Just, just okay. picks. Okay. The thing is, they don't want just picks. They yes, need they players. Do. They don't need players. They don't, they don't want players. They want to take. They want to take a new QB. They want to start fresh because this the organization is going nowhere if they just take a washed up QB or a QB that nobody wants. This is this is pretty much just going to end up the equivalent of like the Ricky Williams trade where they're just sending a fuck ton of first round pick. Fuck ton. Nobody only wants picks. They want picks and a player. 
That's what the Dolphins can offer them. They can offer where, them Where picks have you seen that they want picks Tua. and a player? They don't They don't want Tua. Where have you seen they want Tua? The Jets have, I don't know how many, four or five first-round picks over the next two, three years. Plus, they have two seconds and three-thirds. They have just, they have so much to offer. And I mean, I think, I think you can't, you can't compete with that. Plus, plus the Jets organization is on the come up. The They're Jets the organization is not the, on the come they up. Are they are not on the come up. Come up bro. Okay, they had, look, they oh got, my gosh. Watson wants to go to a contender. Okay? They are a contender. They are what? absolutely oh not a contender. In what, a contender. In what world are the New York Jets listen, a contender? Listen, listen, New coach, new entire new system. Insane okay. general manager, most money. They're gonna sign Allen Robinson. They do not sign, have the most money in the league, not, not even oh close. Oh my gosh. They are going to make a playoff run next year. That is Mark the my word. I've never like I'm I'm about to die like listening to this. I've okay. just never heard this anything is, so bad. This is they they are you forgetting about this division. This division still has the Patriots who half their players opted out. Okay. This is so the Jets team had a bunch that can of players still be solid with Bill man. Belichick. And there is the Bills. What about the Bills? The, the Bills are like and the Dolphins next year. and the Dolphins. The Dolphins are okay. the Dolphins the are going to have a quarterback next year. Who are the oh. Dolphins going to have a quarterback next year? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Deshaun no, Watson. No, the yeah, Jets are going to yeah. have them. The Jets are going to have <laughs> Richard Sherman next year. They're going to have Deshaun Watson and they're going to have Allen Robinson. That's Richard Sherman team. is washed. Deshaun Watson wants a Super Bowl champs. Mark my New words. York Jets. Mark my words. They will sign zero of those three. Mark zero. my words. They will so- sign all, if not. <laughs> Who wants to go to the Jets? Nobody. Who wants to go to everyone? Hey, you just Richard say everybody. Sherman, everybody wants to go to the Jets now. <laughs> oh my God! Everybody this, wants to go to the Jets now. This is like this is like when everybody said people were gonna go to the Knicks. Okay, New York is toxic. The fans suck. No, bro, fans what are suck. you saying? New York is getting all the good players this offseason. Oh this is an ex- if you're a Jets fan listening to this, you are in for a treat. This is gonna be amazing offseason. And right, you're you're delusional, bro. In the next two years, delusional, bro. You're delusional. Okay, I I just can't. So we we were talking about money before. I just we have to get out of this segment before I before I have a medical emergency. Yeah, before so, before your head explodes. We're gonna move on, and we are going to talk about the salary cap. Corey Kluber recently signed a one-year, eleven million dollar contract with the New York Yankees, giving them a total payroll of almost one hundred eighty million dollars. There is no salary cap in the MLB, meaning teams can spend however much money they want to sign players. This gives larger markets an unfair advantage. What, with that in mind, should the MLB add a salary cap? First of all, even though there is no salary cap, there is a luxury tax that you have to pay if you go like over a certain amount of money. I don't really know how much it is. So I don't, I don't really think there's a, a, a big need for a salary cap just because Baseball is a big, a huge team game, and each player only controls one ninth of the game on offense, and maybe less than that on defense. While like a super team like the Dodgers seems unfair, it's not. It's not always. It's not always going to get you a championship. Take twenty twenty for example. I mean, even though the Dodgers won, they had the second, second highest payroll, and then they faced the Tampa Bay Rays, which has the twenty eighth highest payroll. So, I mean, I don't know. I think Cody. Clayton Kershaw is getting paid more than the entire Tampa Bay's ro- roster, and they're still contending, which I think is pretty cool. There's there's a pretty clear correlation between having the like the highest payroll in the league and success. Five out of the five past World Series went champs. 
all of them were in the top five for payroll the year they won. It's just, mm -hmm. yeah, as Liam said, in no other major American team sport is success tied so like intertwined with the market size. Like you look at the Yankees, like 26 times times championships because they've had the money to bring in players. They've had the money to develop players. Like just look, the Orioles were playing to pay 65 million in 2020 while the Yankees are playing to pay more than 250 million. Like, okay. That's insane. Like, it's just not fair. It is, it is impossible for small market teams to retain star players. That is why you see the Garrett Coles and the Giancarlo Stanton's going to the Yankees every year. Right, but if you but if you see if one pl- if there's a team with kind of one one player that kind of emerges as a star, they start to bring in like a big market, and players start to follow. You kind of saw it with the Padres. Maybe five ten years ago, they were a nobody team, but they had they got Tatis or they they kind of Tatis emerged. They brought in Machado, and they're now they're bringing in all these insane pitchers, and and now they have a super team. So I think, I think, one player can kind of change a whole culture around if, if that's the argument you want to make well i mean like ronald acuna is one of the top stars in baseball i don't think he's brought in free agents to atlanta i mean i mean he has for sure there's Two. just well i don't i don't know what year he came up in the major leagues but there's definitely there's definitely people that have signed either signed because of him or re-signed because of him i i just there's, there's like, there's no, there's no reason to sign to a team where there's no, there's no one at. I, I understand, but the reason why there's nobody at is that they don't make the money through TV deals, through local TV stations, in order to get the money to bring in these star players. So teams could become big markets if they were given an equal opportunity than the other teams. And it's like the problem with no salary cap is like success isn't as much about who has the best scouts the best development it's about who has the most money and like can i pay you enough for you to come on my team well i mean that's that's it to a certain extent but at the end of the day the game is the game you still have to play to win you can pay people as much as you want but it's it does not guarantee you a a championship right but it's the only out of all the out of the five major american sports leagues it's the only team that it's the only game that doesn't have the salary cap I mean, that's got to tell you something. I think I think it like not having a salary cap makes it easier for dynasties to form. I mean, outside of the the Patriots, there haven't been dynasties that have been dominant for so long. Except there there are in baseball. There's the Yankees that have been like playoff contenders probably since we were born, but yet they haven't won a championship. But still, they're just signing big free agents every year. I mean, I, f- I feel like the MLB is right in the middle, uh, like roster size wise with the NFL between the NFL and like that NBA, they kind of have, I don't know how they carry like 40 players in the, on a roster, yeah. 52. I don't know, but um, I feel, I feel like it's just hard to, you see these really long, long-term deals in the MLB um, like 13 years, 190 million or like Bryce Harper signed in a long deal. You, you just can't, these deals are only possible in baseball. Cause I mean, you can't pay these people like in the NFL, you can't pay those people that 
that large amount of money for this long. But Patrick I mean, Mahomes I think, just did. Yeah, well, that's a rare exception, and it's it's happening. It it's happening more and more in baseball and less and less in other sports. All right, uh, that's a good. That's definitely a good argument. So. I just I had to cut this off short because there's really an elephant in the room. You know, it's changing the entire vibe of the podcast. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Between the lines, they have a we have a fan page now. Like we're three, three, three fan pages. Different. I think three. I think this was something that we expected for a long time. We never thought it would come this early. Right. But we have fan pages. We we <laughs> would would uh, ask the people who are behind them to kind of step up and uh, reveal themselves. Um, just, we, just reach out to us. Like, yeah, maybe we'll have we, you we'd on. be welcome to speak to you. Yeah, I want to. What what goes on in the thought process behind making a fan page? Well, yeah. Like what is know. it like? Yeah, yeah. Yep, I mean, yep. Maybe we can uh, give some publicity. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, dude. I mean, eight eight episodes in, and we're we have a fan page. Like, that's that's. I've never thought that would happen. Yep. It's yep. Pretty monumental. Pretty monumental. We're, we're pretty. Oh, we're, we're, we're moving up in the world. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to episode eight of Between the Lines podcast. We're excited for next week. We're in an NFL takeover where we talk about the Super Bowl, the awards for the season, and hopefully some NBA, MLB action. We don't know yet. We'll figure it out. We'll see you next week.